College football has great rivalries that take place all over the country. The Iron Bowl, Army-Navy, the Red River rivalry, USC-Notre Dame, to name a few. But nothing compares to the game between Ohio State and Michigan. Joining me today is former Ohio State defensive back and defensive MVP of the 2014 National Championship game, Tyvis Powell. Tyvis shares what it is like to be a player, the preparation, and the great stories playing against Michigan in the best rivalry in sports, next on the Athlete One Podcast. Welcome to the Athlete One Podcast. Veteran high school baseball coach Ken Carpenter takes you into life's classroom as experienced through sports. Go behind the scenes with athletes and coaches as they share great stories, life lessons, and ways to impact others. The Athlete One Podcast is powered by the Netting Professionals. Hey coaches, are you looking to make some changes and upgrades to your facility? If so, you need to reach out to Will and his team at the Netting Professionals. They are improving programs one facility at a time. They specialize in the design, fabrication, and installation of custom netting for baseball and softball, including backstops, batting cages, BP turtles, BP screens, ball carts, and so much more. They also design and install digital graphic wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, and dugout cubbies. The netting professionals also work with football, soccer, lacrosse, and golf courses. They continue to provide quality products and services to many recreational, high school, college, and professional fields and facilities throughout the country. Contact them today at 844-620-2707. That's 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. One last thing, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and rate the show and leave us a review. Also, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Athlete One Podcast. Now to the interview with Tyvis Powell on the Athlete One Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Athlete One Podcast. Joining me today is Ohio State defensive back who was named the defensive MVP in the 2014 National Championship game against the Oregon Ducks, and the man who sealed the game with an INT in the end zone versus the Michigan Wolverines, number 23, Tyvis Powell. Tyvis, welcome to the A1P. Thank you for having me. You know, I'm very honored that you allowed me to come on the show. <laughs> well, hey, um, you know, this this is a uh this is a big week. And you being a former player, I can imagine that uh this kind of gets the juices flowing a little bit, and um, it brings back a lot of great memories. Oh, absolutely. Listen, I've been juiced up all – it's to the point where I actually want to – I wish it was a way I could find a way to get on the field and go play. Like, this is 
this game is one of those games that, you know, all throughout the season, you know, you just watch it. You know, I'm just a fan. But for, for some odd reason, this game right here, I wouldn't mind suiting up and, and putting on one of their jerseys and going out there and playing again because it's just that intense and it's that fun. Well, based on, uh, you know, what I hear about you, you – you you get after it pretty much every day training wise, and you I would imagine you could probably just get right out there and just step right in. Oh, absolutely. You know, I still live. I get up at I get up about five thirty every morning, get to the gym about six, get it in. I'm definitely right now I'm doing the rocks workout and it is uh it's pretty challenging. If you've never done it, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it because it <laughs> you will feel it after you're done. Well, in 2014, the Buckeyes lost to Virginia Tech, and you were on that team by 14. And then you guys went on a roll and put up 42 on the team up north, 59 on Wisconsin, another 42 on Alabama, and 42 in the national championship game against Oregon. Does this team kind of feel like they're on a similar trajectory? They do. You know, in 2014, you know, that loss to Virginia Tech was the most was a lot of adversity that we faced. And it was one of those ones where it could the season could either go up or it can go down. This just depending on how we chose to respond. And thank God we, we chose to respond in a positive manner. And we went out and just put our heads down and kept grinding. I think we fell to what, like 16 or something like that in the polls or something like that. It was to the point where everybody kind of wrote us off for the rest of the season. And we just kept chopping wood, just keep working, just keep working, keep playing hard, don't lose no games. And next thing you know, we look up and we we, we sneak into that last spot to make it into the college football playoffs. And I kind of see that as the same thing as that happened with this season. You know, af- after we lost to Oregon, um, everybody was like, you know, this is not the record, the, the Ohio State team that we're used to seeing. You know, the, I, they probably like maybe a two or three loss team. This would be the first time that that's happened in quite some time. And, you know, they blocked out all the noise. They came closer together. They just continued to work on what they do best, and that's their craft. And before our very eyes, we've seen all these inexperienced players grow up, and now they're making big-time plays, and they're able to put up all these points. The defense has really come around to stopping these teams. I mean, last last week they stopped a Heisman finalist, held them to like 26 yards or something like that. So this defense has really grown, and they've been very impressive these last few weeks. Well, I want to talk about the tunnel. Mm. And I, I, I saw some video. <laughs> I believe it was the journey. I think the Big Ten Network did it. And uh, the game was at, in 2013 at the Big House. And mm-hmm. before the game, Michigan decides to come out of the locker room as uh, some of the Buckeyes are going back in. It's a lot of the pregame stuff that goes on. And they they start chirping there in the corridor and basically it turns into chaos between players, coaches, security. What was that like and and how was that game from that point on? How intense was it? Well, you know, you you grow up and you watch all the documentaries on the game. And you see all you got people that's coming in and they tell you about their experiences at the game. So you kind of get an idea what to expect. But until you live it, <laughs> it, it's totally different. Like people tell you things all the time, but experience is the best teacher. So 
we get there and they they open them doors and they start talking. I'm like, okay, so they really like it's really like this. Like this, it's just beef. All out the field. You warming up, they chattering in warm-ups, and you gotta chatter back. You go to the locker room, you know, they locker room is right across the way. They chattering us. We open our door, we chattering back. So we come out first, and you know, the team up north's band is standing there and we we be it. We just disrespectful. We knocking they they sticks out their hands, hitting on their drums, walking out like get out the way. And it just it's just a lot of hype that's going on to it, man. And it was it's to the point where it's like, man, I'm ready to go to this game. Like I'm so fired up, I'm ready to run through a wall because it's like that. Like that's the way this game feels. Like I need to run through a wall to win this game. Whatever it takes to get the great state of Ohio this win is what I'm willing to do. Put my body on the line, whatever it takes. And that's where I was at mentally for these for this game you won a national championship where you were named the defensive mvp when you guys played oregon as special as that was describe the feeling when brady hoke who was the coach at michigan at the time chose to go for two and to win and scott scores tied 41 all and the quarterback gardner he he tries to beat you and throws an interception to you where you jump in front right there in the end zone to seal the deal to make it 42-41 in a Buckeye victory. How, how, was, how was that for you? You know, I don't, for one, I don't blame him for doing what he did. I mean, it was a team that was – I think they were barely 500. They might have been like a couple of games above 500, if I remember correctly. So and I think at that time he was already like – I think they already said that they were switching coaches. So I think it was his – it was his last couple of games anyway. So they had nothing to lose. So I would have went for two as well. Um, now, the way that play went was they we came out and they uh, they showed their hand. They did the motion and everything. And right when they did the motion, we did the smart thing called timeout. So we went to the sideline. And um, I remember Coach Combs running out like, Tyus, we ran, we went over this play in practice. You know what's about to come. You just got to play it right. You know what's about to happen. Jump the play. You got to make it happen. It's on you. And I started thinking like, okay, yeah, I remember what we did in practice. All right. So, so they come out. The funny thing is that they came back out after timeout and they ran the same thing. I'm like, why would you do that to begin with? Like, you should have switched the play to begin with. You, obviously, we wanted to see what y'all was going to do. Yeah. So they ran, came out, ran the same play, and I think it was, it was a play where, the, the the way it was supposed to be was that the first receiver was going to take me out of the play. I was supposed to carry him into the end zone, and the way the way we ran in the practice was tight is you have to drop this receiver because we need you to make the play on this this little curl route right here because they'll just box Duran out and catch the ball. So I remember. Watching the receiver go past, CJ was at safety. He picked it up, and I seen the receivers turn around right at the one. Like, he went one yard inside the end zone, turned around, and tried to box Duran. And I said, oh, let me jump that, because that's the, I'm the only person that can stop the play. And I jumped it, and I'm like, oh, he really threw it. Like, I was like, oh, he really – the ball really coming. And I ended up catching it. You know, history is there. And I ended up making it to the, to the Ohio State history books. <laughs> yes, definitely. And uh... – the, the reaction on the sideline from Coach Meyer and the, and the teammates, which, you know, I think on that team and the team going forward, you guys had probably 30 guys that ended up playing on NFL rosters. Oh, yeah, it was – we was loaded. Those That year, the year after that, and the year following that, we was loaded with some NFL talent. Why, in your opinion, is the Ohio State-Michigan game the, the greatest rivalry in sports? <laughs> 
Why? Because you know what? At one point in time, it was very back and forth. You know, it's always been like one, like 20 years they dominate, 20 years we dominate. Sometimes it goes back and forth, but it's just, you know, it's, it seems to always be a good game, no matter what the record may be. It's, it's like you can't, it's, you always have to expect the unexpected. I mean, the year we went in 2013, we were, I think we was like 20, we had won 23 straight games or something like that. And it was like, they was barely 500, but it didn't matter. They was still coming out swinging and they definitely gave us a game. And I feel like the, it's just the pure hatred. This is, this is a lot of hate there. They don't, they really yeah. don't like us and we really don't like them. And it's, I don't, it, it just, it makes it fun, man. It's a, it's very interesting. <laughs> it's a very interesting game. You never know what to expect. Now you're a guy from, from Ohio. So you've kind of grown up understanding that, but how is it for, you know, Buckeyes recruit across the country? You get a guy in from California, Texas, Florida, and all of a sudden they're like, wow, this game, this game really is different, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is, though, Ohio State does a great job of, you know, getting everybody to buy into the severity of this game. You know, no matter where you're from, like when we're in the weight room throughout freaking summer sessions, summer workout sessions, you still got to do push-ups and sit-ups all the time to prepare you for that game. So whether it's it'd be like 280 days left. All right, we got 280 push-ups and sit-ups until that game. And you got to get down and do it. So you you start to develop the hatred right there because it's like, why in the world we got to do all these extra push-ups and stuff right now? Like, what is this about? So that, that right there gets you started. <laughs> After that, it's like you start you start watching the videos li- leading up to the the week of the game. Right? When you go in there, all you hear is LL Cool J's "It's Time for War." That is literally the only song that's gonna get played. It's time for war. So you get that you get that mindset going. You hear all the former players and some former coaches coming up and talking about how important this game is and what how impactful it is and how many careers were born just off of a big play in this game. So I think an out-of-state person is like, okay, this, I'm starting to really see how serious this game is. And then once you get in the game and see how they coming after you like this, like how much they hate you and all the, the chirping that's going on and how people hitting them just a tad bit harder, you like, all right, let me match this or let me over, let me exceed <laughs> what they think I'm about to do because you either go be killed, you either go kill or be killed in this game. And that's what you, that's the mindset you got to have. I mean, you played on the biggest stage in college football. But can you compare what it's like playing in the horseshoe versus what it's like playing in the big house? Ooh, that's a good one. Well, playing in the horseshoe, obviously, it's <laughs> it's your fans. You know, it's your team. Your your city is there, and everybody's there. So, you know, you you want to do everything you can to to make that crowd go crazy. Because for some odd reason, they they just they tend to be a tad bit louder that game. You know, you so you want to make those those ooh plays and that make the crowd get up because it demoralizes yeah. that team. You know, now flip it when you go to the big house. Obviously, it's everybody against you be there. So what you really want to do is you really want to make plays because you want to take them completely out of the game. And you want to be like, y'all still suck. That's <laughs> another year, y'all suck. <laughs> y'all need to go ahead and be quiet and let me work for a second. <laughs> Just sit there with your hands over your mouth and can't believe it and let us work. Jim Trussell took over, and the game against the team up north has been dominated by the Buckeyes since him. What is it that 
Coach Trussell, Coach Meyer, and Coach Day do to to make this happen? Well, it's definitely the preparation. I mean, Coach Meyer said it the best. He said the most prepared team will win this game. And the, the it's just in the, like I say, you understand what the magnitude of this game is leading into the week. So it's like your focus is up just a tad bit more. You you watching extra film. When you in practice, you you looking at things to, to just to get some keys on what's coming. It's just the focus is through the roof that week. And when you get to the game, you so hyped up for the game because you've been waiting on it all year. And you, I mean, you peek at them all year to see what how they're doing. Like, it was okay, like for example, this year I think they just were what they number five now in the ranking. So it's a huge game. Like the game is yes. huge because it's on the both teams' futures is on the line. You know, whether it's Big Ten championship, CFP uh, playoff spot, all that is on the line. This game, man, I think. They, 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 the preparation is through the roof. I know Ryan Day for sure is going to make them lock in and make sure they got all the tools and all the keys that they can to win this game. Yes, I totally agree. Now, let me ask you this. Is there anything that the average fan doesn't know or would love to know that about something that takes place during the games, or at least from your time when you played? Uh is it just the is it just the chatter, the talk that goes back and forth? Chatter, or the chatter like, is gonna believe. I really wish that they could put a microphone on the field so y'all can hear just a just a tad bit of what's being said on that field. I know my last year in 2015, I remember I remember that uh it was the it was uh Jim's first year as the head coach. And I remember, you know, they had a lot of hype behind they they uh they they school. It was like he's gonna bring them back. This is the year that they they look really good this year. This might be the year that they can actually beat them. Blah blah blah. <laughs> and I remember in the fourth quarter, I think we were winning pretty big in the fourth quarter. And Bond Bond Bell came. I was I was looking for because you know after the play is over we get back in the huddle and we get back to our spots and get the look get the call from the sideline and I'm looking for I'm like where's Vine at because I'm trying to give him the signal <laughs> and Vine is standing on their sideline talking crazy to Jill and I was just like man he is buggy it was hilarious though it was like TP <laughs> remember they were talking all that stuff <laughs> they still some bums and blah 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 it was. It was just hilarious, man. And then I joined in, and then D. Lee joined in, and then it just got bad from there. <laughs> That's the stuff that, you know, I, I think, like you said, you know, I, you love watch when the NFL does that stuff where they, they put a mic on a guy and those guys are out there yeah. having fun. And, <laughs> yeah. you, know, they, you know, they probably tone it down a little bit, don't put all the best stuff on. But, uh, you know, I, I think that would be a great idea if they could convince the coaches to allow you know one of the one of the players to have a mic and get out there and see what's going on. It'd be some good feeling. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just got a couple more questions for you, but you know I want to pivot a little bit and talk about adversity. You go from being from on the best team in the country, a starter, to the NFL, and can you explain? I mean, your attitude is incredible when it comes to handling the highs and lows of trying to be an NFL player. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, that <laughs> I, I always was taught to be level headed. You know, it's you can't really ride the wave of emotions because it's it'll affect your your ability to make decisions. You know, you can't you can't go based off of emotions and the game of the NFL career period. 
is full of a roller coaster. It's, it was times where it just seemed like I was everything was great, and then it was times where everything was bad. But my main, what they taught me at Ohio State is one thing that I will always remember is you always can choose how you respond to to things, whether good or bad, and how you respond is going to dictate basically the future. So I always was taught to choose to respond in a positive way. You know, even if something's bad is happening right now or happening to me in the NFL, like being cut or released or something like that, you know, the way I viewed it was, well, thank you for this opportunity. You know, at least you gave me the opportunity to get this done. Um, it's obviously something that I need to do to become better. It, it drove me to work harder. You know, like if they, I mean, they don't really tell you like, what you've done like okay so a lot of the times i got released it was probably like a numbers thing it was like um the the guard got hurt in the game we got to bring a guard in so we got to release a db type thing and i always seem to have been the guy well the way i looked at it was like well obviously i wasn't good enough you know i needed to do something to get better because i need to put myself in a position to not be looked at as the last db on our roster so I needed to – it allowed me to keep working. That was the mindset I had. Just work, just work, just work. Your time will come in. Eventually, it ended up paying off because I ended up starting the game in San Francisco, which is something that it was on my list to do. And I, the way things was going, it seemed like it would never get done. But I ended up – through the work and the hard work and dedication, it ended up coming true. And I ended up starting in my first game against the Raiders, and we ended up blowing them out, and we ended up getting the win. So I was like – Happy, like, yes, I finally got, I finally did something. And I just, that's just the way I looked at life. Yeah. It's, you, it's always all about how you choose to respond to things. And for me, I always tend to respond in the positive way because being negative is not going to get you anywhere. It's just going to make the situation worse. So just find the positives in it, look for things to get better at and make yourself a better person. You look at all the players that you've played with, played against at Ohio State mm-hmm. that, star-studded roster, who was the guy that you looked at and go, wow, that guy's – he's a freak. I mean, he he is just unreal. And <laughs> and was there a guy like that in the NFL you, that you played against or played with? Yes. I'll go uh, college. Okay, so I in college, the first guy that I ever said that about was probably Joey Bosa. I was like, this, this is – the stuff that he was putting on tape, I was like, it's ridiculous. Like, he really cannot be stopped. <laughs> if he really want to get back there, he can get back there. It, it, it's just too easy for him. Um, a guy that I went against that I, th- I felt that way was probably Saquon Barkley. When he was a freshman – I think it was our all black, and it was it was like me. It was me and Rayquan Miller's worst game at Ohio State because we just literally couldn't tackle the dude. The dude hurdled me, and I'm like six three, and he hopped over me, and I'm just like, "Hey, this dude is crazy." But he was a freshman, so I was like, "Yeah, he he's definitely gonna play on Sundays, like 100." percent And you know, he gets to the league, and obviously, he was killing it before his injuries. Um, when I got to the NFL, was it the guy? I tell you what, when I was a rookie. The guy who impressed me the most was Aaron Rodgers. Oh my! Like I knew Aaron Rodgers was was good. Like I I seen him. I considered him one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL for sure. But when I seen him when I was a rookie, I didn't play. I was uh I was inactive for the game, so I was on the sideline watching. And you know this is back when the LOB was still like the LOB, and the thing he just went out there and kind of just shredded us, and I was like, man, the man is amazing. I was a fan. I can't lie. I was yeah. there. It's like this man is really like that. Like he's really good. He's making so it, the passes he was making 
which is unbelievable. And I'm just like, I see why people rate him as the top, one of the top quarterbacks in this league. Well, to finish up here, uh, tell us what, you know, how people can, can follow you uh, with social media. And I believe you're doing a little something uh, with, uh, with Letterman row. Yes. And wrap it up at the end with what do you think is going to happen this Saturday between the Buckeyes and the team up North? Okay. Well, they can follow me on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at one Tyvis, the number one Tyvis. Um, I am on Letterman Rose weekend kickoff. Uh, we did it yesterday or we did it on Tuesday. Uh, usually we do it. Typically we do it on Thursdays at 7 PM at urban's pint house. If you want to stop by, we'll be there live on stage. Um, also do the pregames for the Buckeyes um, every Saturday. The times change due to the game change, but every Saturday you catch me on 97.1 The Fan in the morning on the pregame show. Uh, and my score prediction for this year's game, okay, due to the fact that we didn't get to play them last year, we owed them. They, they There's points that needs to be earned for this. Like we got to we gotta make up for lost time. So I'm going with 101 to 17 Buckeyes. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. <laughs> wow. <laughs> not taking the foot off the gas, huh? Not at all. It's, there's no reason to. They could have done it last week easily, but, you know, they wanted to save some for this game. So I, they, and plus the, the, the team from last year didn't get to, you know, experience this. So I feel like Ryan Day owes his seniors and his class from last year. So he's doing it for them. He's going to go out there and hang 100 points up. Tyvis, thank you so much for, for taking the time out of your day to, to join the Athlete One podcast. And, uh, you know, I, I'll definitely be uh, tuning in to your stuff on 97.1 The Fan. And, uh, you know, I, I wish you the best. And thanks again. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity. Always go Bucks. The Athlete One Podcast is powered by the Netting Professionals, improving programs one facility at a time. The Netting Professionals specialize in the design, fabrication, and installation of custom netting for baseball and softball, including backstops, batting cages, BP turtles, BP screens, ball carts, and more. They also design and install digital graphic wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, and dugout cubbies. The Netting Professionals also work with football, soccer, lacrosse, and golf courses. Netting Professionals continues to provide quality products and services to many recreational, high school, college, and professional fields and facilities throughout the country. Contact them today, 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button, rate the show, and leave a review. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Athlete One Podcast. Thanks for joining.